Welcome to Seek Go Create. This is where we redefine success. Talk about leadership, business, and ministry. You know, one of the things we try to do here is we try to we try to talk about how to function and operate in the world that we live in while also being citizens or adopted into the kingdom of God. And sometimes that's a big challenge. And today, you know, I've got a topic. I'm talking about communications and kind of the title I've looked at uh, adding to this is, can we learn how to communicate like Jesus did? And if so, how do we do that? And so that's the topic today. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. And as always, I highly encourage you to jump over to our website at seekgocreate.com. Check out the notes. Check out all the details that we've got there because we love to outline these. When people on our team, not me, they outline it very well, put in links and anything that we bring up. So make sure you go check out at seekgocreate.com. Everything, everything about what we're doing is there. You can find all our social channels and how to get over to YouTube and things like that. So let's dive into this topic because doing what I do, I, I um, listen, I'm a husband, <laughs> I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm uh, a grandfather now, I'm also a business owner, I consider myself a leader in some areas, and I work with a lot of leaders and coach and train them. If someone were to ask me the biggest challenge that most of us deal with, not just in our role today, but probably for all time, I would say it's the ability to communicate well. And that's the ability to listen, the ability to, you know, share our thoughts and ideas. And, and it's always a struggle. It's always a challenge. I believe that it always has been and it probably always will be. And so what I want to do over the next few minutes is just share some things that I've been gathering, I've been doing another read through the Gospels and just studying the life of Jesus. And my wife and I have been doing this this year. We're going through it chronologically. So it's been a little bit different seeing how Jesus dealt with things chronologically in the three years that he ministered on earth. And so I think the foundational principle that I want to share first before I get into some maybe some tips, some techniques and some philosophies that I think we can learn from from Jesus is that that number one, we need to be better at communicating. And number two, we need to look for examples that I guess that are good examples, you know, in the world we're in. I don't think that our political leaders would be great examples. Uh, I, I saw a debate recently between two Senate candidates. And one was, I'll say, a very simple communicator, very direct, but it's real easy to judge him because of just the simplicity of his Senate structure and things like that. And people have judged him very harshly because of that. The other person was has a background as a minister, and he was the incumbent. And he was a very slick, smooth talker. And the thing that was bothersome to me was that he spoke very well. And I sat there and go, wow, he speaks very well, but he doesn't say much. <laughs> and to me, it just showed a contrast of how challenging it is to be able to communicate in the world we are in today. And, and so I, I think we all need to attempt to be better at it. And that's regardless of the role you're in. I mean, this is, yeah, this is for leaders. This is for people that own businesses, but I think it's for husband, wife. In fact, just a few minutes ago, before I hit click record, my wife and I were about to be relocating our RV. We're in Colorado right now, spending time with our, our grandchildren and our, our daughter and her family. 
And uh, so it's a little bit of a stressful day. As soon as I finish here, I'll be packing up some stuff and moving the RV. And tonight we were planning to have a date, or at least I was thinking we were going to have a date, but I did not communicate well what that looked like. And she kind of asked me and I went, I, I don't know, I've got to get this taken care of. So anyway, it just shows the challenge of even being together with someone for 37 years that we still need to work on that. And so I've attempted to apologize. I'll probably need to do it a little bit better after I finish here, but it just goes to show the challenge of communication that we all, all face. So we need to do better. And so what I really wanted to do with this was look at the best example that I believe we have. And that is the example of Jesus when he walked on this earth, that we've got the examples of it within the Gospels. Uh, we've got four different examples there that we could look at and see how did Jesus communicate and what can we get from that. And some people might say, well, Jesus was God. He was the Son of God. Of course he communicates well. Yes, but I think what he did was he provided a model for us. And then, this gets a little spiritual, So, but when he went to the cross, ascended to heaven, left the Holy Spirit, he left the helper so that we could be helped to do like he did. We can do some of the things that he did, if not all those things he did. He modeled that. So, so let's see what we can learn from it. And I, and I hope even if you're not a follower of Christ or someone who calls yourself a Christian, I would hope that you could listen in on this and get some of these tips and techniques because I believe they're valuable. Even if you are not a follower of Christ or someone who calls himself a Christian, I think you would acknowledge that as far as impact on culture, society, the world, over a long period of time, that there is no one that really compares to what Jesus Christ did. And so we can at least try to learn from him. So, so let's do that here. And I guess know this, that over time, as I've read and studied about Jesus, I've identified a few things that are sort of trends or things that I can categorize. And that's what I'm going to be doing here is just trying to go through that. I've got a few notes in front of me, but generally it's just me sharing some observations and things that I have seen. And I highly recommend, I'm going to reference a few stories, not a lot of scripture, but I highly recommend you do similar. You take some things that I'm talking about and you dive in and study and look at some of the examples that I'm going to talk about. And I am A-OK -okay with you saying, no, Tim, I don't get that. I think it's something different. I'm fine by that. But for me, this has been a real blessing for me to study how did Jesus communicate. And while we may not be able to do it exactly the way he did, I think we can learn a lot from it. So there's three big categories that I want to talk about. I want to discuss the attitude that Jesus had as he dealt with people, as he interacted with people and communicated. I want to discuss the audience. Our audience says that he identified with and that he interacted with and talked with and communicated with during his time on earth. And then the last thing I want to talk about authority. You know, the word authority, we throw that around quite a bit and you need to have authority and things like that. Well, I want to talk about the authority that he used and that he had and then how we can look at the same thing. So let's look at each one of those in a little more detail. First of all, let's talk about his attitude. And you know, I think if we do nothing else but adopt this attitude, the way we communicate and interact with people would be so much different. Jesus adopted and had the attitude of love and compassion I believe from what I can see with everyone, even when he spoke some things that we might consider harsh 
or some people have looked at some of the words the way they're translated in the King James as being somewhat, I don't know, sarcastic is the right word. You know, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't know if that was sarcastic or if he was just tired or fatigued, which I don't think that's the case, or if he was telling Peter something that Peter really needed to know and letting him know that he was off track. I don't know. That was a dialogue that he had with Peter when Peter was just chit-chatting with him. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan. And so uh, I don't know, but I, I feel as if even when he was speaking harshly or strongly to some of the people he interacted with, that Jesus still did it with love and compassion because Jesus, God is love. And because Jesus was God on this earth, he showed love and compassion. We'll talk about that, that a little bit more when we get to audiences. But, but I, I want to I kind of give a foundation. You know, sometimes with the way we talk about love here, in our culture and society, we get a little bit sappy and syrupy and think that it's where we cave to people. We always do what they want, but that's not the case. It does have a lot of empathy and compassion, and I think it's it'd be awesome if we lead with that. But it's also correcting people when we need to. You know, think about it as a parent. If we're just showing love and not wanting to use strong language, and we've got a child that's about to walk across the street where there's cars zooming back and forth, that's that's showing love to maybe speak speak strongly say stop don't go out in the road you know that sounds harsh but that is actually acting out of love so it's it's not apathy i've said this recently but the opposite of love to me is apathy or indifference you need to be focused you need to be intentional and i think jesus was that with his communication and i think that we can learn from that because love is actually being very intentional and very focused. And one little thing that I do, I've got a two and a half year old granddaughter. And you know, so often as adults, when we speak to children, we're, we're way up here, I'm holding my hands up and they're way down there. One of the things I love to do is get down on my knees and look her right in the eye and just get right on her level. And so I think when we interact with people, it's really good and powerful to get on their level. Jesus did that and we can learn from that. And so it's not ignoring people and it's not passive. And especially it's not this passive aggressive thing that we have in so many interactions and relationship where we, we don't address things that need to be addressed, but we talk about it when we're away from the person. No, we need to be direct. We need to do it with love and compassion, but we need to be direct and to the point. So number one thing I think we can learn, big deal is the attitude. And that attitude is an attitude of love and compassion, being intentional. And so the second big area is I want to talk about the audiences. This was the big aha that I got when I was really studying the way Jesus communicated a few years ago. And I think it's important for us to really understand the audiences that he spoke to. And I identify, and you maybe identify different ones, but I can identify three distinct audiences that he interacted with. Number one, I believe he interacted with the sheep. And because he was a shepherd, his role there was to lead and to guide and protect. I believe, you know, guide and protect is what he is what a shepherd does with sheep. And we saw that we see that as an analogy quite a bit in the Gospels. Now, if you've got sheep, then you also have wolves. So the second audience that Jesus interact with were the wolves. And let's use words like Pharisees and hypocrites. Those were the religious people of the day. And Jesus felt as if he was put there as a shepherd to protect the sheep against the wolves that were taking advantage of and attacking and devouring 
the sheep. Now, the interesting thing about it is, is we could say, oh, well, that's what was going on 2,000 years ago. I won't get off track here, but the same thing's going on today. We have a lot of that in religion and our politics and leaders that are wolves for the sheep. And so when I discuss maybe the different ways we communicate with each audience here in just a moment, keep that in mind. This is not just 2,000 years ago. This is today. And so those Pharisees, those wolves, those people that were in positions to take advantage of others, Jesus addressed them and addressed them and he did it in a very specific way. And then the last group, that would be the group that we'll call the disciples or followers. And, and really Jesus' role with them was to teach, to educate, to encourage. And really what he was trying to do was to duplicate himself. He was wanting to set them up to get them to a place where they could carry on the message even when he wasn't around. So those are the three audiences that he dealt with. Now, here's the challenge that I see most of us have. Let me give one example. When he was talking with the sheep, I like to use the example of the woman at the well. And for those that don't know the story, just briefly, Jesus was traveling through Samaria. He stopped to get water from a well. For some reason, his disciples weren't around, which was very intriguing, by the way. He was all by himself. And there was a woman there, and she was a Samaritan. And Jews and Samaritans did not interact. It would be as bad as any different group or race or anything that we see in our culture today. They were not supposed to interact. Well, Jesus sat down and had a conversation with this Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And she had a past, a checkered past, a history with multiple men and husbands or people that she'd lived with. And, and they had a dialogue. And I will not go into the dialogue, but what I like to say is that what I see when I read that is such love and compassion, and I like to call it woman at the well language that Jesus used. And I believe that that's what we see most of the time when he deals with and interacts with the sheep, woman at the well language. And I believe that we can learn from that. The more we use woman at the well language, the more love and compassion that we're going to have in our dialogue and communication with, with others. And I, I think the world just needs more of that. Now, here's the challenge. When, when he started dealing with the wolves, he was very firm, very strong. He used stories. He used parables. He, he used truth. He used scripture to back up the things that they were trying to use to take advantage of people. He used all that, but he spoke in a very firm tone with them. I think one of the biggest challenges that we have often as leaders, as people that are in positions of power or authority or titles, is that we use, we use wolf language with the sheep, or sometimes we will use woman at the well language when we're interacting with someone that needs strong truth or parables or stories. So we get the two confused and we need to be cautious and careful about that. And so those are two things that I think we can learn from there. We need to really be able to use parables, stories, and to learn truth to deal with. And I think we, we are dealing with wolves today. We've got massive numbers of, of wolves that are taking advantage of sheep and they're doing in a lot of the circles that are very difficult for us to see, just like Jesus Day. Their religion, some of them are in the church. Many of them are, of course, in our political world and businesses. We've seen it there. And there are many of us that we know we've got to communicate strongly, firmly, in ways that we can cut through uh, to stop those people from taking advantage of the sheep. And then the last group, let's just mention this briefly before we move on. That's the disciples. And for many of us that are leaders, many of you that are leaders, 
and many of you that are even raising children and other things, I think we could really learn from how he interacted with disciples. Most of the time, he used very soft, gentle language, like woman at the well. But there are times that he had to be firm. And what he really did was, this is very key, he spent a lot of time with them. He spent a lot of time with the disciples that he was teaching, educating, sharing. The parables that he told to those wolves, those Pharisees, he would take the time to explain those to his disciples so that they understood it. And often they didn't. The dialogue is fascinating to see how he would say a parable and they would say, what are you talking about here? And he would take the time to explain it. So for those that have people that were teaching and training and educating, attempting to disciple, I think one of the key things we need to learn is spend a lot of time with them. Wouldn't it be cool to listen in? As Jesus and his disciples were traveling, they were walking six miles during a day or 10 miles. I doubt that they walked along in silence. I believe they were talking. I believe he was sharing. I mean, they could have been speaking about things just like the weather and what's going on. But we've got some accounts where he was sharing some of the stories. He was telling them and teaching them some things. And so I think one of the best things we can learn about communication for those of us that are either learning from people, being mentored, or we're attempting to teach, disciple, and mentor others, coach others, is it takes time. We've got to be patient. We've got to spend a lot of time with people. And you know what? A quick text message or an email, that's not going to cut it, folks. We need a lot of time. I love what I get to do with this podcast when I get to interview someone. I get to spend usually one hour uninterrupted talking to someone and learning from them. I love it when I get to do my coaching appointments with leaders and and executives that I interact with because we spend at least an hour, sometimes more, just communicating and ed- and helping to educate each other and asking questions and responding. And so spend time. That's the big learning point from people that are disciples. And so those are the three audiences, the sheep, the wolves, and the disciples. We can learn a lot from the audiences that Jesus interacted with. Now, the final thing, this is going to be a big tip because I think this is the most powerful thing that most of us need to get. It's the authority. The authority. Now, what a lot of us do when we communicate as a parent, how many times have we said as a parent, well, just do as I say. I am the parent. Just do as I say. I know I've heard it and I've probably said that often. And we probably have done that, unfortunately, with our spouse. And many of us, because we're maybe the owner of the company or we're in a management role or we've got a title, we have probably done things similar to that. Now, I want you to think about this. If there was ever anyone that had power and authority on this earth to say something like that, just do as I say because I am the Son of God, (laughs) it would be Jesus. But he never did that. I can't find an example where he said, Peter, (laughs) Peter, um, John, just do as I say. I am the son of God. Just do it. He never did. He never did it to the sheep. He actually never did it to the Pharisees. He might have, there might have been some twist in that, but he actually never did it to the disciples. We do that, unfortunately. So the authority, we have to understand authority. And let's look at the authority that he had. This is what he said. He said that he only did and said what his father, his heavenly father, God, 
told him to do and say. That he did nothing on his own power, on his own, without seeking first his father. And so I think one of the big things that we can learn from that, first of all, titles don't really matter. So we need to stop throwing our titles around. And, you know, we've seen examples over the last few years of abuse with with people in leadership roles in, in ministries and pastors and business leaders where they have abused their titles, the authority that they have. And that's got to stop. That has got to stop. And some of us that are in positions to speak to those wolves, we've got to do it stronger than we've done in the past. But the we, we don't need to take the authority of a title or a role or money or anything like that. We need to use the example of Jesus. And here's a few things that I take from that. Number one, rarely should we respond quickly. 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I would almost say 99% of the time, it is probably best, especially in a heated situation, to pause and reflect and to spend some quiet, spend some quiet just to see what a response should be. I would also say that many times it's best, especially if we're dealing with the sheep or possibly our disciples, to not respond quickly, to pause, take a breath, and to seek, to seek, just like Jesus did, we can seek what God wants us to do and say. We've got that relationship now. We've got that connection because of what Jesus did on the cross, that uh, he died, was resurrected. He's seated next to the Father, and he's there as an intermediary for us. So that we could say, Lord, listen, I've got this situation with my spouse, with someone I work with, with someone I interact with. I've got this situation where I'm, I'm looking at a wolf that is abusing people. What can I do or say to stop that abuse? And then we can pause and listen. And I've said it. I've said this often and I'll say it again. I think one of the things that most of us, all of us probably do not do enough of is just being still and quiet. We need to be still and quiet more. And I think that that will allow us to understand our authority so that we then can be better communicators. So I believe there's power in that stillness and quiet. It just allows us to not respond harshly, to not respond using our own quote unquote authority that we have. And so, so I think we need to take that. And so it's almost like I started off with love, ended up with authority, but we could kind of go back and forth that all of those would be powerful. So, but anyway, so the three big things that I think we can learn from the way Jesus communicated and hopefully apply or copy it or duplicate it in our lives. Number one is what's the attitude? And that's the attitude of love. Communicate with love and compassion in all that we do. Number two, who are we speaking with? What are the audiences that we interact with. I think we need to have some understanding, some wisdom when we do that. And then finally, what is the authority that we're using? We don't need to be using and throwing around our titles and things like that. We need to look at the authority that he, God, has given us. And we need to be still and quiet to seek that. I hope that this has been helpful because the more I've meditated on this, just being able to communicate and try to interact with other people and speak and deal with others like Jesus did. I just, I, I hope that it's helping my communications and I'm hopeful that it can be helpful for yours. So thanks for listening. I'd love to get comments, feedback 
from this from this episode. So wherever you're listening in on this, if you're on your podcast platforms, you could jump down there and maybe leave a review or comment. If you're on any of our socials that are you're checking it out, obviously you can communicate there. If you're on YouTube, we've got videos of this. I would love to get your feedback from this just so we could continue this dialogue. Because you know what? <laughs> Part of communication is listening as much as it is speaking. And so I want to listen. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So thanks for thanks for listening in on this. Thanks for listening to me sort of preach a little bit and share. I think this is very valuable. We have episodes every Monday that release here at Seek Go Create. I am hopeful that you're subscribed on all the places that you can subscribe and that you're participating and listening in. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.